Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patent process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. Welcome back to the stage, back to the show, back to your rock star moment. This is Agency Rockstars. I'm your host, Dan Moyle, and I am thrilled to welcome to the stage uh, my new friend because Detroit rocks. Everybody thinks Cleveland does, but really it's Detroit. Michael Carroll is the head of growth at Phenomenon Detroit, an agency in Detroit. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Man, I'm such a big fan of Detroit. I'm from the other side of the state in Michigan, but we have this Michigan pride thing going on, right? We absolutely do. Where are you from? Uh, Kalamazoo area. Oh, I went to Western, so. Right on, right on. I'm just, just south of there a little ways in a, in a little, a small town. Nobody knows, but Kalamazoo works. Um, so Mike, uh, Agency Rockstars is all about the rockstars of the agency world. And I understand, as I was doing my research on you, you are now part of uh, Phenomenon, which is Phenomenon Detroit, uh, but it's not exactly new. There was a story that happened last year. Marketing supply company is now part of Phenomenon. That's so it correct. Sounds, so like, like when somebody starts an agency, it feels like your two ways to go is either to, to sell or to grow so big that you buy others. Uh, so like that seems to be the, the path anyway, maybe I'm wrong, but, but you guys, it sounds like had a, a, a hell of a year and now you're a part of this new company. So tell me a little bit about that. How did you get into the agency world? What about marketing supply company? How are you now part of phenomenon? The stage is yours, man. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, well, so personally I've been doing, um, I've bounced around quite a bit. So I helped, uh, grow another agency in Detroit called Kaleidico. This would have been almost 10 years ago at this point. Um, I was there for six years uh, and our goal was to kind of do what you just described, right? Was to get, it was at the age where internet, people still called it internet marketing, right? Like that was right at the, <laughs> I know where I'm dating myself just a little bit, but, um, and so we kind of transitioned that agency from a, you know, a internet marketing agent to a full service digital agency. Um, but as all of your listeners know, by the way, scaling an agency is, I don't know, I would say it's one of the hardest things to do in business. Any services business is hard to scale. Agency work is particularly hard to scale. Um, and so I left the agency world and went to work in this startup and software world. And then I met, that's where I met Shane Bleemaster, who's the founder of MSC, our marketing supply company. Um, and so he started marketing supply company five years ago. Uh, also him coming from the uh, the startup world. He's been in San Francisco um, you know, for four or five years previous to that. He's worked for, I don't know, 10 or 12 different startups. Um, you should have him on, by the way. I know he wasn't able to make it today, which is a bummer um, because he's got some other stuff going on. But his his personal story is a great story. But so he started marketing supply company in Detroit as a way to bring, I would call it startup focused growth marketing, data driven growth marketing to the agency marketplace for both funded startups, for established companies, um, taking that model that that is more common among SaaS companies to any kind of, it, it cross applies, right? And I think some people tend to silo stuff off like that. And so so what he chose to do is build the company. He built it for five years and he doubled up every single year. Um, and I joined him last year, actually, in the height of the pandemic. So I was the head of growth at Nutshell, a CRM company in Ann Arbor. I don't know if you've heard of Nutshell or not. Yeah. Um, great CRM, by the way. Um, and so I've been there for almost uh, you know almost two years. 
And Shane and I had been talking and MSC was my agency at Nutshell. So that's how we met. Uh, they were doing some of our paid work and some of our performance marketing work. And we sort of got to talking like over six months. And he said, well, why don't you come and join MSC? And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of comfortable here or whatever else. And so we kind of kept talking and kept talking. And I got excited about what his vision was to grow MSC into a company that would be acquired by a larger agency, essentially, was, was the goal. Now, of course, companies are bought, not sold. Um, so, you know, the idea there is obviously we just need to make enough noise to get somebody's attention um, so that, you know, obviously we look attractive to, to potential investors. The yeah. funny part of the story, Dan, is that I put in my two weeks at Nutshell and on the Friday before the Monday that I was supposed to join MSC, um, the president declared a national emergency. This was, you know, the beginning of March. We as MSC lost 30% of our clients uh, overnight, 30% yeah. of our monthly revenue. And my job was in total flux. I called him on Monday morning. I said, Shane, am I coming to work today? Like, I, you know, what's going on? Yeah. And he said, you know, he felt really bad. And he's like, I don't know. Like, I, he told me what happened. And I was like, look, let me, I don't have a job anyway. So I'll just like consult. You don't have to pay me yet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he was, he took really good care of me. But we'll fast forward all the nitty gritty details later. We gained all that 30% back. We grew 40 to 45% over this year. And then towards the end of the year, Phenomenon, which is a company, um, a branding and consulting agency in uh, LA. And they've also got an office in Chicago. And their clients are like TD Ameritrade, American Express, HBO Max, DC Comics, you know, much larger upmarket, uh, upstream kind of clients. I started to talk to us about partnerships and it made sense over time that they didn't have a performance marketing or a growth marketing business unit, arm, department, whatever you want to describe it. Um, and the more we talked, the more it seemed to make sense to them uh, to just acquire us. And so on the 31st, we became Phenomenon Detroit. And now we're the growth marketing business unit for Phenomenon Proper, which is headquartered in LA. Yeah, oh, that's incredible. So it's been a wild 2020, Dan, let me tell you. Yeah, man, right, right. Uh, how? So like out of that wild 2020, how do you scale and grow amid the just the garbage that went on, the uncertainty, the like, how do you do that? I think the advantage and it's some of the things that we did and then and then also it's just the advantage of the moment, right? It, the the transition that is, was occurring before is that everybody's moving to digital, of course. And it's crazy to say that in 2020 because, of course, the people like us and the most agency people, like if you're not doing digital, then you're not really participating in like the economy. Yeah. But the balance of digital to traditional advertising or how much money someone's willing to invest in digital, the pandemic accelerated that at the highest, like at the highest possible pace. Um, and so some of our clients were prepared to make those types of investments. And some of our clients obviously were hurt by the pandemic themselves, um, hospitality clients, that type of thing. But then we had a whole host of other clients, um, I don't know, that found great success in the, in 2020, like in the midst of this pandemic, e-com clients, um, pet supplies clients, uh, some, you know, some actually food clients, most of them, you know, some software, uh, Software in particular, like had a really good year in 2020. And so we just shifted as quickly as we possibly could to focusing on the types of companies we knew would be prospering or would be looking to take advantage of the shifting marketplace in 2020. And, the, and you know, like your audience knows, we were small, so we're nimble. So we can we can make those adjustments rather quickly. Um, and our performance marketing like team on at, at Phenomenon Detroit produces phenomenal results. And so, and so as a result, as a result of that, sorry, not to be redundant, but as a result of those results, right. Um, our clients started getting addicted to the digital space in a much better way. It started doubling down on their investments. And like, and so I think it was a confluence of events, right? Yes, we're good at our jobs. And, and yes, we had a nice strategic vision for how we wanted to grow the agency. We were able to put ourselves in a position to take advantage of this 
and hopefully once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, the pandemic, I mean, there are there are real, you know, uh, down things, right? It is deadly. It is like there are people who have lost jobs. Like it is terrible. There also are opportunities to take advantage, to, like to, to lean into. I don't say take advantage. That sounds bad. But that what you said, Mike, agility, um, it sounds like being open to data and yes. seeing where the trends are going in order to nimble, man, right? Like that's a great way to think about scaling too. Um, you said you talked about your, your clients, some how some of your clients grew. What about um, a favorite story that highlights a specific way that you serve those clients that, that you work with, uh, Phenomenon Detroit? So uh, I would say that, well, here's one of my favorite smaller stories from like from 2020. Uh, we had a client here, um, the name of the company is Detroit Bikes. They make these beautiful um, custom built, you know, sort of like leisure, I want to call them leisure Schwinn bikes. I'm sure the owner's when he hears this, he's like, that's not how I describe my bikes. So, um, but I'm not the copywriter on that account. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so somebody else paying attention to that. But they're amazing, like leisure bikes, you know, not for mountain biking, just for relaxing and riding around the city. Um, previous to, you know, previous to the pandemic, we had been running a strategy for them, um, a simple Facebook giveaway strategy to build like, as I call it, stock the pond at the top of the funnel. Just grab as many email addresses as we possibly can for people who might be interested in, you know, biking or these types of bikes. Um, and we gave a, we gave away a bike every month. And so the result was like we could get email addresses for this particular company at, I don't know, six, seven cents an email address. I mean, really cheap top of the funnel MQL generation. Um, and then translate that obviously into some sort of transaction on down the line, which is a, you know, a strategy that we all leverage. But what it had prepared them to what they didn't know and what it had prepared us for is that once the pandemic hit and people were trying to find a way to like do stuff outdoors, mm -hmm. he sold all the bikes. And when I say all the bikes, I mean, all the bikes, there were no more bikes. They sold totally out of bikes and we had to stop the engagement. And so it's an ironic story. Like I never like to talk about engagement stopping, but he ran out of product. Um, and so that was, that was a super fun, you know, experience to go through. I, of course, was talking to him, you know, I said, well, why don't we just make more bikes? And he's like, well, the supply chain, China, you know, all these things. And I was like, okay. Um, so that's, that's probably one of my favorite stories from the pandemic because I didn't expect people to get so into bike riding, but we put them in a nice position to take advantage of that. And yeah, and the people of Detroit and all over the country, by the way, yeah, started buying his bikes by the, you know, by the, the cart full, I guess. Yeah. And, and what does he do then now to continue that? Like, first of all, are you still working with him? Are you going to try to continue to build that brand? Is he just like, you know, I saw all the bikes. I'm out. Like what's, what's the end of the story? He, he also, he's continued to sell bikes. I think he put a pause on our engagement. So we're not working with him currently. We still talk to him. He's friend like Shane and, and myself, you know, there's a nice, you're talking about Detroit earlier. One of the things that I love about Detroit is this really tight knit business community. Um, so while Detroit bikes, you know, wasn't one of our larger clients for sure. Also during the pandemic, you know, we've, we tried to do our best to go around to as many small to mid-sized, like who could afford in the slightest little bit, uh, you know, MSC services at the time and support them through this effort. So he's still selling bikes. He decided to pause the engagement and we have since filled up our queue, uh, you know, with other work. So, and, and, and technically slightly larger work. So we haven't had the opportunity to go back and work with them. But we still talk to him all the time. Yeah. But he, the other story oh, I would have, I like that. Uh, the other story I would have, which was the, mm, this is the type of thing that you get to do in times of crisis that actually it's funny. I don't know about you, but like when you're a digital marketer or a marketer of any kind, by the way, um, intrinsically, from time, you know, from time to time, you wonder about 
you know, the honor of your purpose in this world, right? Like I'm, I'm a salesman, like, like all the way down to my core. So if you want me to sell something, I can sell it to one-to-one or I can sell it to you via, you know, the digital space. I mean, that's what we do. And if you really want to like get down to it. Right. Um, and so rarely do you get to do something that absolutely feels good. The other thing that Shane and I and the rest of the team at MSC got to do over the pandemic was help a nonprofit out of New York City um, fill their food pantries with volunteers. So they were having the hardest time, obviously, in the middle of the pandemic. Nobody wants to come outside. Nobody wants to talk to anybody. They're scared. Um, but the biggest problem is all the food pantries in New York City closed down. And that means tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people are hungry. Um and so with a Facebook business grant that Facebook was cool enough to give them, uh, the name of the organization is called Lemon Tree, or In It Together New York City, we for free as a pro bono thing, obviously, took that money and then turned that into thousands upon thousands of volunteers to staff New York City um, food pantries. And I'll always remember that as like one of the better things that I've done with my skill set uh, you know, in digital marketing. Yeah, no, that's incredible. It's being radically generous, right? Like yes. I've heard that phrase somewhere. Uh, Christopher Lockhead said it on his show. Um, that's incredible. So what about, so obviously there's a lot of pain points that we're talking about that you've kind of covered, but what kind of, what are the biggest pain points that you're seeing in your ideal clients industries? It sounds like you work with several, but what are some of the biggest pain points right now that people are dealing with? You know, from the client side, I think that the, you know, one of the largest pain points and it will has always been this way, um, is attribution. So, you know, for the, for our listeners here, I think one of the things that if you don't offer it today, you need to make it a part of your services where you are able to go into your clients, not just their digital marketing data, right? Not their Google analytics, not your AdWords data, you know, not your Facebook data, but you need to be able to marry it with their business data. And I've seen more clients of companies from, you know, small, you know, entrepreneurial companies like Detroit Bikes up to $500 million, you know, modular construction companies, which is another type of client we have, struggle to marry actual real life business data or pipeline data with marketing data, right? That source to sale experience. If you mm-hmm. can figure out how to solve that problem for them so that they feel more comfortable making decisions and investing in their spend with you, you're going to see yourself grow much faster. I think it's a distinct advantage we have. And we really bang on it all the time. And some people, they're resistant. Companies are resistant, right? Like, I don't want you in my CRM, right? You know, I don't want to share that data with you. But once you show them how to build what we call a metrics project where you're taking marketing data and actual business data and showing what channels and what tactics are producing that actual revenue outcome, then their investment with you becomes a simple proposition, right? It's just an ROI. It's a, at that point, it's a mathematical equation, put this money in and you will get X out. <laughs> right. So it sounds like the, the, the world of CRM is becoming kind of the hub of business. Is that I fair to say? It, yeah, I, th- I think it is. I mean, or I think it should. Um, my philosophy, so when I was at Nutshell as the head of growth, most people think about growth as just the, at least on the marketing side, it's just the marketing part, right? But I was the head of marketing and sales. So we, I took the growth team, took the sales team and the marketing team, put them together. Um, and so to me, your CRM in any business, unless it's e-com, which is different, um, is your source of truth. You have to have a source of truth where, you know, how can you, where's the data that you want to lean on that says, oh, I absolutely know that this tactic or this strategy or these dollars produced a revenue outcome. Um, and I think the more and more that, uh, you know, that marketers pay attention to three things, one, the data in the CRM, two, that source of sale attribution when you can get there and three actual feedback from that sales team, they're going to be more successful over time. Um, 
and that that's always been my philosophy. So, you know, I don't view it as two teams anymore. This is a longer, different, probably conversation. I give talks about this all the time. Like how to unite your sales and marketing team. So yeah. I don't want to get too deep into it, but a growth team is one team. Sales and marketing is not, there's nothing different about them. They just sell differently. Sales sells one-to-one. They're more transactional. They're always on conduit to your customers. Marketing sells one-to-many. They're still salespeople. Like you don't, if you're a marketer and you don't think you're a salespeople or salesperson, like you'd be sorely mistaken. So, um, <laughs> And they're, but then marketers are good at testing. They're good at creative. They're good at campaigns. When you put those two things together and then weave them in and outside of each other, make them codependent, the results are really fantastic. Yeah. And that, and that all focuses on revenue. All yeah, revenue. That's a, yeah. All a revenue, revenue team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is great stuff. So I've got, I've got one, one more question to get to in just a minute, but I want to make sure Mike, that everybody has a chance to connect with you and sure. I'm on Detroit. Uh, you personally, the company itself, where do you send folks to make sure they, they connect with you? So you can come to see us. Actually, the URL will still be up for a while. And even if it isn't, by the time you hear this or encounter it at marketingsupply.co, that's C-O, not .com. Um, or you can go to phenomenon.com, which is our parent company, if you if you want to go there. So we're in the process of like merging those two things together. Um, uh, and so once once this goes out, this will be able to find us that way. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. If you just search for Mike Carroll Phenomenon, it's the best way to get a hold of me. My email address is there. Um as it says in my profile, a yes and type of person. So like, don't feel bad about reaching out. I'm glad to respond to, to anybody that's got questions. I love talking about this stuff and I love helping people. I love helping make this a little easier for anybody that needs a little help making it easier. Yeah, good stuff. All right, cool. So Mike, here we go. Um, I think of rock stars as, you know, rock and roll is counterculture, right? Rock stars are a little bit counterintuitive. Like you really want to get on stage in front of everybody. So here's the question. Um, is there anything that you've learned or advice over the years that seems counterintuitive at first, but has a massive impact on your business once you embrace it? That's a great question. Um, Well, so I think one of the things that commonly that I've learned over, and it's different for everybody. So take this with a, you know, a grain of salt, as they say. But um, one of my mantras is focus on your focus. Uh, And so, and that's an, that's an easy one. I think everybody tries to embrace that, but you really, so that's not the, that's not the actual like counterintuitive thing I want to tell you about. But I think some people take that idea of focusing on your focus or niching down or trying to focus on a single vertical. They take it to an extreme. I think the thing that I've learned that seems counterintuitive is that you don't, while you want to stay focused, maintaining your ability to be nimble and change the way marketplaces change these days, which is very fast, is the most important thing. So so as opposed to focusing on your focus when it comes like, oh, I'm only going to do you know, marketing for law firms. I'm only going to do marketing for e-com. I'm only going to do marketing for that. Focus instead on your process and methodology. That's where your focus should be. If you can create results repeatedly, and then you can teach other people to do it exactly the way that you do it, that's the secret to success. Not focusing on a single vertical, not focusing on a single even channel. Like we only do Facebook ads. We only do Google ads. I mean, if that's your shtick, fine. But the real focus is about making a repeatable, executable model for how you do your, like how you take your intrinsic inherent value, the thing that's unique about how you market and be able to translate that to other people. Once you figure that out and you hire talented people only, your agency will mm. take Boom. a rocket There you go. Take it from the expert who's done growth at several. <laughs> Excellent. Mike Carroll, thank you so much, Mike, for being a part of Agency Rockstars, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and go out there and kick some ass and take some names, right? Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. 
Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.